Hello, this is Steve Shirley with RNS Northeast, and this is The Clean Life. Welcome back to another great episode of The Clean Life. I'm your host, Molly Carvel. And for those of you who are new listeners, we appreciate you taking the time to be here with us today. The Clean Life is a podcast that ranges anywhere from how to clean your toys properly to episodes like last week that talk about airline safety during COVID. So when I was researching and trying to find something to share with y'all for this week, I remembered that September is National Suicide Awareness Month. And this is something that is affecting so many people in today's society. According to the World Health Statistics Data Visualization Dashboard, nearly 800,000 people die from suicide in the world each year, which is roughly one death every 40 seconds. So, let that sink in for just a second. One person every 40 seconds is taking their own life. And I don't know about y'all, but that statistic is so disturbing to me. It makes me question what I can do to maybe help prevent even just one person from being part of that number. Here to talk with us today just about the importance of mental health and taking suicide seriously is Marissa Adams. Marissa, why don't you start us off by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself. Everyone, yeah, Molly. Um, Molly and I went to school together. So when she asked me um, if I wanted to be part of this show, I was all in. This is this is exciting, and I'm I'm excited to share a little bit of my story. I am from Nashville, Arkansas, and I'm 26. I've got three sweet babies. Married, been married for I think five years. I'm actually riding in the car with him now. We're coming back from. Tennessee. I, I shot a wedding on Saturday, so I'm excited to be here with y'all and share a little bit of, of my story and my background, and um, this is great, Molly. I'm, I'm glad that you asked me to be here. Thank you. So why don't you tell everybody, so you're shooting a wedding this weekend, tell everybody a little bit about your photography business. So I started photography um, in 2012, started from the ground up, and built just kind of on my own. I've done a lot of um, mentorships online and different um, different videos and things online that I've kind of learned on my own. And I've got a successful photography business now. It's Marissa Adams Photography. I shoot all over the state and I actually came over here to Tennessee. I've done a few weddings outside of state. This was actually a family wedding. So it was nice to be down here with everybody, up here with everyone. Um, but it was, it was, it was great. Photography has been something that I have loved since high school. Molly, you remember in high school, I was always the one taking pictures of everyone. So it's been great. I'm able to stay at home with my babies. It's not, um, it's definitely not easy, but it's, it's wonderful being able to do my own thing and have my own business and, uh, get to meet a, a ton of people. My clients are amazing. I've got a lot of different families and and people all over the state that, that come see me, and I go to them, and 
I, I should first as well, Molly, but right now I can't because I've, we've got COVID going on, so I'm not able to go to the hospital and, um, and, and do those birth sessions. So I'm, it's been, it's been kind of hard on, on me and my clients because that's something that a lot of moms look forward to. Yeah, I can imagine how difficult that must be, especially like for your clients, you know, wanting that and always dreaming of that and then COVID making that impossible for them. But we'll make sure and put the link to your website so that any of our listeners out there, especially those from Arkansas, if you guys want to check out Marissa Adams Photography, then you can go see her profile and contact her for any of your photography needs. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, girl. No problem. So let's get into why mental health and suicide awareness is so important to you. Okay, so I'm going to share a little bit of my story. Um, this, gets, this can be pretty emotional. Um, I'm actually a, a firm believer in what you're talking about and what you brought me on the show today. Um, I don't talk about it a whole lot, but I do share, especially when the Lord has, has brought me an opportunity or um, someone asked, I've got a couple people in my hometown who know my history, and so when they've got a, a, a kiddo that's going through it, um, we'll chat about it and we'll talk about it. But so um, I, in the eighth grade, was you know junior high. Those years are hard. I know Ricky Molly, you probably probably can agree, but oh yeah, junior high is just hard and. I was a child who was very impulsive and um, didn't really know the extent and the importance of life and didn't really take it seriously. And um, I tried to commit suicide my eighth grade year. It was basketball season. I was a cheerleader. And I came home one day after school. There was a lot of um, bullying and a lot of um, just hurt. I was just hurt. I I wasn't thinking clearly. I was just really hurt by everything that was going on around me. I felt like I wasn't important, like I wasn't, you know, needed. And I came home after school. I took 16 of my sister's depression pills. And, you know, whenever I took them, it's, it, you know, when I do hear a suicide story or I hear people talking about it, a lot of times I don't think that you want to actually die. You just want the hurt to go away for a little while. And that, that was me. That was me in that moment. I, I didn't really want to leave my family because I had a good family and I loved my family. But I just wanted the hurt to go away just for a little while. And um, I didn't realize, you know, the extent of what could happen or what was going to happen in those next few hours. Um, in my life, and so I, I rushed home, I took those depression pills, and I had to be back on the bus to go cheer at a basketball game, so I was on the bus, I remember sitting there with a friend, and my heart started beating really, really fast, and I knew something was going to happen, I didn't want to tell anybody, but I knew that something was going to happen, and when I got off the bus, we actually had to travel about 30 minutes from our hometown, I got off the bus and I remembered I fell. I, I tripped off of the stairs because I was really dizzy. And my, like I said, I remember my heart was just pounding. It's such a vivid memory of being so scared, but yet just wanting that hurt to go away. And 
so I got inside the gym uh, where the basketball game was going on there, and I remember just blacking out. Um, I had some friends there that were asking me if I was okay, and I remember just hitting hitting the floor and not much not much memory for a couple minutes after that. Um, the ambulance came, took me to the local hospital there, and um, I don't really remember being in the ambulance. It's kind of fuzzy. Um, I remember them saying, you know, they were going to have to pump my stomach, and they didn't know, you know, they wanted to know my name. I, I couldn't even tell them my name. I got to the hospital, and I remember this is such a such a vivid, scary, emotional memory of mine that my I remember seeing my mom running, uh, looking through the ambulance back glass doors. My mom was running and screaming and crying, running into the hospital. And I, I saw her, and, and then, of course, my dad was coming in after her, but my mom was was running. And I remember thinking to myself, I don't want to die. Like, seeing my, my mom's face and the, the scary, emotional, you know, moment on her face, I didn't, I, I wanted to change my mind. I wanted to take it back. And I couldn't, you know, I had already taken all the, you know, all 16 pills, and so I got to the hospital, and, um, I remember my mom coming up to me, and uh, she got right over my face, and she was telling me how much she loved me and how how um, she didn't understand. She didn't know, you know, why. And the doctors ended up telling her that she had to leave, that they were going to have to pump my stomach because of how, how you know, many pills I took. And uh, so they, I don't really, like I said, it's real fuzzy on what was going on, but um I ended up pumping my stomach. I ended up being transferred to a uh, mental hospital, which is just a, you know, I guess I guess everybody that, you know, tries to commit suicide or has some type of um, depression issue or mental issue or whatever going on, they, they sometimes will send you to a mental facility where you get, a, you know, a lot of um, therapy and a lot of, you know, you get to just talk with people your age. Um, but that was somewhere that I didn't want to be in because I wanted to be home with my family. It was almost like a wake-up call of, um, you know, your family really loves you. You're about to, you know, you were about to make a, a lifelong decision that was going to affect your friends and family forever. And now that I'm a mom, you know, I've got a 7-year-old, a 4-year-old, and a, a 1-year-old, and I just think, you know, that if something were to ever happen to them, you know, I, 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 I don't know how, I don't know how I could go on. And so I think about my mom and, and her face when, whenever I saw her through the back ambulance glass of the, 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 how scared she was and how, how upset she was. And, and it's something, it's something that a lot of people, you know, they don't talk about. Um, a lot of people that you see that are happy, that are walking around, that are, you know, posting on social media their happy lives, we don't realize what people are really going through Absolutely. and what they Absolutely. go through on a, on a daily basis and, and how so many people, especially now through COVID, you know, not being able to go out with your friends or, you know, being quarantined for how many weeks or, you know, not having enough money because your job played you off or whatever it is, um, a lot of people don't realize the the importance of just talking to people, checking on your friends and family and just saying, hey, how are you doing? Like, really, how are you doing? Don't just tell me you're doing good. Like, tell me the good and the bad. And 
So when I was young, you know, I was a teenager. I was impulsive. I didn't really understand it all. And then as I've gotten older, it's just so important to talk to your kids and to really see how they're doing. Um, Because a lot of times we just see just a glimpse of what, you know, people are living through or people, what people are going through. And, and so it's, it's, it's great that you're doing this and that you're, you brought me on the show because if somebody's out there that's listening who maybe is going through um, a, a depression mountain in their life where they're just hurt and they're tired and they're, maybe they're financially, you know, struggling or maybe they're going through a struggle in their relationship or whatever. You know, my advice, and, and I'm a believer, um, I am a Christian, and honestly, my first my first tip of advice would be to um, get on your hands and knees and cry out to God. Um, he's the only, he's the only person who can save you and who can make all things new. Like what you're going through right now, um, and, and, and I remember, because I remember going through some of the same struggles and the same thoughts and he's the only person that can make you whole again and who can, you know, take a mindset of I'm not I'm not worth anything to I am absolutely worthy and I am here for a reason and you know, the Lord has you here for a reason. You don't know what your story or what your life and how it's impacting somebody else. You know, we see what we see in the mirror every day. And I saw a quote that said you know, you don't realize your, you know, your beauty from another person's view. You know, we think we've got a certain thing that we don't like or our, you know, we don't like our skin tone. We don't like the shape of our eyes. And, and you know, to somebody else, it's absolutely beautiful. And so that would be my first tip of advice would be to find the Lord and to um, go after him wholeheartedly to, um, you know, run after him, get a devotional, um, pull out your Bible, reach out to a friend um, that you know would pray over you, um, because that's that's huge. That's been huge for me is to find a group of believers who can can pray over me and who who I can say, hey, listen, I'm I'm struggling. I'm just tired of working. I'm tired. <laughs> you know, being a mama is hard, and it's a it's a daily you know it's a daily daily work. It's amazing being a mom and a wife is are two of the most incredible things that I've ever done, but it's not easy. And, you know, I think just life in general can be really hard trying to, you know, keep up with social media and fit in and and do good in the world and be a good wife and take care of your kids and clean your house and everything else. It can be, it can be really, really overwhelming, but, you know, that's why it's important to reach out to those people in your life who have made a positive impact on you and you know um again there's a lot of people that are struggling with this molly so i'm glad that you that you've got this going i think it's gonna i think it's gonna help and if you know of someone who you know is going through this you know share this podcast with them absolutely because this could this could really help a lot of people and you know i think that you nailed it on the head while ago when you said you don't ever know what somebody is going through I think of that new, um, I think Kelsey Ballerini is the one who sings it. And she talks about how even the homecoming queen cries. Right, and you know, right. you were you were a cheerleader 
And in my eyes, you remember, I remember you being popular and happy and being surrounded by friends and things of that nature. And you would not um, classify you in a stereotypical person that you would think would try to commit suicide. You know what I mean? Right. But I want right. to touch, Absolutely. I want to touch more on this. We're going to run to a commercial break real quick. And when we come back, I want to dig a little deeper into this. Worried about getting sick? To stay safe, the CDC recommends you do five things. One, wash your hands. Two, keep your hands away from your face. Three, cough or sneeze into your elbow. Four, keep your distance. Five, if you're not feeling well, stay in. When you can't get to soap and water, use an alcohol-free hand sanitizer like Bolt's Free. It's a lotion that's also a powerful hand sanitizer that works in just 15 seconds, lasts four times longer, and won't damage or dry out your hands, even if you use it many times a day. We're back with Marissa Adams talking about the importance of suicide awareness and um, mental health. And Marissa shared her, her story with us earlier in the show. And I just want to dig a little bit deeper into that. Would you classify as like one of the main reasons why you attempted to take your life as bullying? Oh, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. And was that like from friends? Was it from a boyfriend? Was it from just in general? Um, I know that yeah, especially um, in junior high, like boys and girls can be mean. Yeah, for sure. And I think I think it's it, you know the hormones and everything going on in junior high. You are there's a lot there's a lot of different personalities coming out of everyone. And so yeah, mine was a little bit of both. Um, I was. My first boyfriend, I had my first boyfriend in the seventh grade, and, you know, you all think in the seventh grade that you're going to get married in the seventh grade, <laughs> and Absolutely. Um, I, you know, it was, it was hard because I, yes, like you said, I was a cheerleader, and so I have, I'm a very sensitive, emotional person. I know we all have different personality traits, and those are two of mine. I could say sensitive and emotional. My husband's here. He can totally tell you that, so we're not going to get into that. Um, but I am. I'm, I'm sensitive and emotional, and so I let a lot of things get to me, but I, 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 would, I would shove it on the back burner because I was a happy, like you said, I really was a happy person. I loved people, and I loved, um, I was always the smiley one, and so I had a lot of stuff just from friends and bullying and, um, you know, boyfriend issues and all of that, that I would bottle up and I wouldn't tell anyone because I wanted to, I wanted to be happy and I wanted people to know that I was happy. And so I had a lot that was on the inside going on that I didn't talk about until that, you know, one day it just, it was just the last straw of bullying. I remember sitting in the lunchroom 
And um, there were some girls at the same table as my table who wrote a note um, about me, uh, just about, you know, and, and you can't see me on the show, but I've got my nose turned up. And um, I remember in the note, they were saying that I had a pig nose and that I was um, a crybaby and, you know, just little things. And so the note got passed down to me. I guess they intentionally wanted me to read it. Wow. And I read it and it was awful. I mean, it was something solid. Now that I have a little girl, I... I, it is so hard for me to even let her go into junior high doors because I remember feeling, and I can still remember feeling that feeling of reading that note and thinking, you know, like, I'm not wanted here. I don't want to be here. I don't want to see these girls' faces ever again. Um, I don't, you know, I don't want to live in this town. And it was rough. Um, and I think that a lot of people, you know, I actually heard something the other day that there was an Instagram account made for for junior high girls to talk about junior high girls, and it actually got reported and got t- taken down, thankfully. Um, but I think that, you know, it's girls and, and boys both, you know, growing up in, in teenage years, you just, you don't understand um, the extent of what you're doing and, 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 and if you are the one that's bullying, what you can do to somebody else's mental health. And so, um, you know, that's, as a mom, it's, I am preaching and I'm doing my absolute best to preach to my baby's kindness and to love and to, you know, if somebody looks differently than you or maybe has a different personality than you, that that's okay. We are to love them and we are to um, accept them and, you know, we don't necessarily have to hang out with them, especially if they have make you know bad choices. But we are to love everyone. And um, as, as parents, I see a lot of parents uh, doing that now. And so I'm, I'm hoping and praying that you know that, especially my generation of moms and, and parents, that that we're doing that with our kids because there's always going to be those that do bully and that and then that are the victims of, of getting bullied, and it's hard. It is really hard. Did you ever, Molly, did you ever go through that? Oh, absolutely. I remember, you know, begging my mom at one point to let me go down to y'all's grade. Because because I was just so upset. And, you know, my friends and I were mad at each other. And and I felt so alone. And I remember feeling that way. And, you know, I was a Christian already. And I knew where you know my salvation was and I knew where that like love of God was and I had that but at the same time just sitting in that classroom when you feel so isolated you know I remember I went home and I begged my mom I said please just let me and she's like no it's gonna work out it's gonna work out and sure enough we worked it out like a few days later but I do and I remember even saying things to certain people in the heat of moments and regretting it later that night having that guilty conscience of like what if I said something that is going to hurt somebody else so badly that it really affects them you know what I mean and I can't or that they go home and do what I did exactly you never know you You never know and and especially looking back at some of you know the things that happened as an adult looking back I'm just like we all 
made so many choices that we had no idea would have the ripple effect that it did. And I can't imagine what these junior high kids and high school kids and even elementary kids go through with social media these days. Because I know if we would have had Snapchat and TikTok and, you know, Instagram, I mean, we just really had Facebook and, oh, what was that? Oh, MySpace. You know, we we had those, but those were not near just the, they weren't near as aggressive, I feel like, as some of these social media apps are today. And, you know, not to totally knock social media, I think that it's a great outlet, especially for marketing purposes, but I think that there needs to be age limits and restrictions, especially coming from parents and just monitoring that because, like, my mom will tell you to this day, when I got a Facebook was the day that she got a Facebook. Because she needed to monitor me because I also, you know, had a lot of emotions and like to put it all out there. And my mom would look at my status and say, you need to take that down. That is not appropriate. You know, because you just, you are feeling so many things. And I mean, just thinking about, you know, us having Snapchat or Instagram or TikTok or whatever, and just the bullying that can come from that. And, you know, kids these days will never truly understand what it means to totally face the consequences of necessarily telling somebody to their face things because they can hide behind a computer so easily. Yes. Yes. And you, and you're just, you know, whenever you're a teenager, you're, you're, you're thinking like a teenager. You're not thinking like an adult. So you're very impulsive. You're very dramatic. You're very emotional. You're very sensitive. You're, I mean, you know, you're thinking like a, teenager and and that's the thing is uh, you know when I went to that mental facility uh, I was sent to Little Rock Arkansas um that's one thing that they talked about in my therapy was um a child will think like a child you know a, a teenage brain is not that's why they say the age limit is 18 the age limit is 21 to drink you know because that a teenage brain can only think so clearly there's a lot of hormones going on um there's a lot of impulsion going on and um you know a lot of just wanting to fit in and you see you know you see the popular girls and all the attention that they get I I was one of those types of people and Molly I think you were too I was one of those those types of people that would see someone who wasn't popular who was sitting by themselves who didn't get into homecoming, who didn't make, you know, cheer or who, you know, who was by themselves. And it would hurt me. Like, it would really, it would bother me because inside I was like, oh, I I hate that they're left out. I hate that they're feeling like this. And so it's just, yeah, for sure. Social media and and all of that just adds adds it so much more in, in today's world. And you have a sister who is in junior high, correct? Oh, yes. She's a freshman. She is uh, 14, and she's a cheerleader, and she's the most beautiful 14-year-old that I've ever seen in my life. I'm biased. (laughs) She's (laughs) long, blonde hair. She's six foot tall. Um, She's beautiful. And, you know, Molly, she has been made fun of for being so tall. Um, She has been called Daddy Long Legs. She has been called a giraffe. Um, just from friends, her, you know, like around, you know, her age and it just blows my mind because as an adult, you know, you look at someone like her and you're like, wow, she is a model. Like, why is she not modeling yet? And then girls, her age, you know, their age are just, 
and they find something wrong with everyone. And again, that's that impulsion, teenage mind thinking, and a lot of it, you know, can be jealousy or, or you know, just you just you just never know. Yeah, she she's gone through a few things herself, and so I've been all over that with <laughs> talking to her and talking with her, making sure that she's talking to me. Um, I actually flat out asked her; she probably wouldn't mind me sharing, but. I asked her one one day, it was just on my heart to talk to her about suicide and never did I dream she would tell me, I asked her, I said, do you, have you ever thought about killing yourself? And she said, yes. And I, I Molly, it, it, it absolutely tore my heart to pieces because I had no idea and she's beautiful and she's happy and I said, when and, and, and how and what, you know, how did you get out of that? Like, why didn't you talk to me? And she said she had some issues going on with friends and just feeling like she didn't have any friends. And um, she thought about it, that she just, you know, didn't want to be here anymore. It was, she said it was the seventh grade, and now she's a freshman. And, and oh, yeah, I, I have a 16-year-old brother who we've talked about that as well. So. I'm very open with my with my family and my kiddos about that topic because it is it I know I know people I know clients I have um, clients who I do photos of who who their daughters their sons their brothers um, they committed suicide and they didn't see it coming honestly they they did not see it coming they said they were happy they you know so I think a lot of times in our head we're like okay it's the depressed people it's the ones who you know, don't really talk a whole lot or aren't really on social media. Like those are the ones that would do that. And that's absolutely not true. I think that it's, I think the devil comes and attacks all different types of people, all different ages. And, um, and, and he's, he's really trying hard, you know, in, in now in 2020. <laughs> oh yeah. Especially now, you know, thinking of, it's like you said earlier, you need that solid support group. And that, that starts anywhere from, you know, elementary school to having your best friend and just relying on each other. And I think that that openness that you talked about as well, of just talking, like, I think it is so important for families, especially now more than ever, just to have that openness and feel that safety of talking to your parents, talking to your siblings, talking to your aunts, uncles, grandparents, whomever that may be, but just to talk about what is going on in your life. Right, right. And to just be raw. I mean, we portray on social media to have, you know, these perfect lives. And, and I try really hard to be raw and to, to, to be relatable um, just because I know what it's like to, to not fit in and I know what it's like to, not have it all together and so I think you know a lot of times when we do share our story or we do check on someone to just be raw and say look I'm here for you I've gone through the same thing and I I'm with you on this and, and, and you know you never know just sending a text to a new mom going through postpartum or you know a friend who maybe lost a few you know days on her job that's cut back because of COVID or whatever know just shooting a text or sending a card in the mail or you never know what uh, you know little act of kindness and how far it can go in someone in someone for someone's mental health that's exactly right so if you 
know someone who is indicating that they are contemplating suicide, take them seriously. Encourage them to seek help from a mental health professional and don't leave them alone. If you or someone else is in a crisis, contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline to speak with a certified listener by calling 1-800-273-8255 or text SIGNS to 741-741 for 24-7 anonymous free crisis counseling. So I think that's going to do it for today. Marissa, I cannot thank you enough for coming on and just being so vulnerable and raw and telling your story and hoping to help prevent anybody else from going through what you went through. And I think that it's incredible that, like, you know, God was able to use you and use your testimony to help other people hopefully not have to go through this. Yes, absolutely. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me on the show, Molly. For everyone listening, make sure you hit the subscribe button so that you never miss a new episode of The Clean Life. As always, it has been a great week, and we'll see you guys next week. <laughs>